listening to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode 5 of the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. I'm Soul Time and I'm joined by Sally Bug. Sally Bug, can you hear me? I can hear you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Have you had your coffee yet? I am halfway through my first cup. So, doing pretty well on the coffee front. It's delicious. It's so good. Ah, <laughs> that's good coffee. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I hope we're going out live. Uh, we're still trying to figure out some of the um, nooks and crannies of um, broadcasting live to YouTube through uh, Linux of all platforms. And so um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Of course, we always appreciate feedback uh, for anybody out there watching or listening uh, on uh, technical issues like sound levels, etc., etc. But let's get started. Sally Bug, what have you been up to in the world of Destiny this past week since last time? Um, well... I would say mostly solstice, right? Mostly the solstice of heroes. Um, but before solstice started, like that Sunday, Monday. Wow, had we beaten the raid yet when we were on before? I don't I, think no, we had. No, we didn't. Uh, you mean Chronosaurus? Yes. No, we hadn't done that. So that was huge. Because that, that was, was that was a tough raid huge. for us. That was uh, a lot of mechanics to remember at once. The final, I'm referring to the final boss fight. I don't think we had even even gotten to the boss in Crown of Sorrows. Maybe uh, not. Uh, like the week before, or or two weeks before, we had gotten to that point. And maybe tried it once or twice. I don't know. It all kind of runs into get it bleeds together the two because the last two fights are in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, there's well, it, there's, they a lot of people refer it to phase one and phase two, or just uh, part one, part two of of the dis, deception. They link lump those two together since they are in the same environment, right? Right, right. That makes sense. But it was hard. But the Was but it just the, me or um, was that really difficult to pull off? Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about this afterwards when we were um, kind of like decompressing from it. Right. Um, Bas- and basking in the glory. One of the, yeah, sort of. And one of the things, uh, one was... None of us have any inclination of, oh, that was fun. And now that we kind of know the mechanics, let's do it again, which we have done with several other raids. And this one is not the case at all. We were all like, yeah, that's a never again. We're going to check that off as a we got it done. Mm-hmm. Um, even though one of our clan members did get the Taraba. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 
Well, it's just not. It's not like. But let's face it. That doesn't have that weapon doesn't have the same reputation as say something like the Anarchy, where we were all really motivated to grind. Uh, right. That final boss in Scourge of the Past to obtain that weapon, and that has delivered. That was well worth the effort, and it's always fun. I mean, part part of what makes this game great is the, you want to help one another out. The people in your clan, the people you're raiding with, the people you, that that you're in a strike with, you want you want to help them out and reciprocate that um, because they helped you get what you have right exactly so um i mean and we did get a little bit of feedback from that weapon and said that it was great so um but that being said i don't know the mechanics there was just so much to remember and the buff going back and forth like you having to like trade off that buff constantly with the teams and the wipe mechanic of the um, those crystals and and teaming up and shooting the crystals, I think you and I. My suggestion was they just needed to get have one less mechanic, one less wipe mechanic, and my suggestion was the um, the trading off the buffs. You right. still had to have like teams of two, and then if one person dies, that person loses the buff, and then you can decide who gets the buff or whatever. But just that one mechanic where you could ha- always have one person who, because it would be easier to remember, right? It would be right. easier to say, I always go after the acolytes and then the ogre. Yeah, that kind of thing, as opposed to it being kind of like this frenetic, wait, do I have the buff? And now someone's saying, can you give me a buff? Shoot the Chris, you know, shoot the um, vessel. And you had to look and see whether or not you had the buff or did someone else have the buff and had they died. And uh, it was well, you know, like so much. It just felt frenetic. And I know that it was our first time clearing it. So with that being said, uh, it there is the potential of, of course, the more you do something, the better you're going to get at it and the better. But it wasn't enjoyable. It was the... No, it was annoying and like uh, nerve-wracking is how I would describe the experience. It, it was, um, I mean, but it was odd because I felt like it had a really decent learning curve. It seems like, you know, that's what you want out of the raid. You want to learn it and and do it over and over so that you're exposing yourself to the various possibilities and scenarios. Because there is, they do put a lot of RNG into the mechanics of these raids like like how many times do you hear oh well he he never the the boss never did that before or you know that never happened but well now you know in case that happens you're gonna have to get out of the way or go to a certain spot 
and then you start developing your style of handling it. Uh, this is the part where I throw my grenade. This is the part where I pull out this weapon. And so, but layered on top of that were all this, it was like the ultimate multitasking, I felt. Like you, you had to be able to react to 20 different things at, at, at the, keep in mind, you know, 10 to 20 different mechanics at any, any given time. That could well, we occur. Have, uh, we have Green Stego in here with us. Welcome, Ooh, Stego. Good morning, Green Stego. And right. uh, Stego was part of our raid team, so let's get your. He definitely uh, was. I'd love to hear his perspective a week on after getting through what <clears throat> Sally Bug and I found to be kind of a harrowing experience. <laughs> I would agree on the harrowing. <laughs> adjective choice there um i also agree that i really liked the way that the raid taught you the mechanics for each like as the encounters went on right right so the learning right. curve was was like good old-fashioned bungee raid for me and i thought the learning curve was kind of nice i i I don't know what it was that made it so nerve wracking other than it just seemed it was, there were too many layers. They were like, yeah. you know what? Oh, I just remembered Sally bug and I, what do you think of this? Uh, green stego Sally bug. And I said, there's, if you removed one thing, it would have made it so much more fun. And do you remember what that was? Sally, it had to do with I did. I, I had taking said, the timer you know, off the buff. Taking yeah, your taking countdown off, off your buff. buff. Although Fractious Heart, I said that, and Fractious Heart uh, commented on in the YouTube chat. Uh, I think it might be too easy without the buff switch mechanic. Just maybe cut down on the crystals or the timing of the crystals. That's a part. Or And then my other suggestion was, or if you don't get your crystal, you don't wipe, but you lose the buff. You lose where, you know, neither one of your teams have the buff and then you'd have to go back to a vessel and reset as opposed to wiping everybody if you don't get that crystal. Okay. All right. I like I these ideas. Know. I think the, all of those are really good adjustments What do you, what do you think, Stego? Well, how I would you, think... How would I, you change it to make it enjoyable? Honestly, I don't know yes. that I would change anything. Oh, no. Interesting. That's... Because I think that the the design of it, it played kind of like hot potato, but just like there's so many different hot potatoes. and <laughs> It's like mm. juggling hot potatoes. Yeah, you're juggling hot potatoes. So you've got the three pairs of teams and you're juggling the buff back and forth, which if it times down and you let the hot potato hit the floor, then it, um, you know, it blows yeah. up. It wipes everybody. But also, each team is passing the crystal to each other. It's like, here, I'm lobbing it back up at you. Mm -hmm. And it's like coming up and then slowly coming down. And then also you've got the um, the deceptions mm -hmm. making the way around. And so it's just like... Oh, I mean, I did it my I've got a suggestion. I kind of liked the... I liked the deceptions. I liked the deceptions and that you had to stun them in front and then shoot the hand and, and uh, have him bring down the axe. I kind of liked that. I liked that part. It was, um, 
I, I don't know. Maybe as I did it more, I just felt like my brain was having a tough time multitasking mm-hmm. all the things I had to multitask, and it wasn't an enjoyable uh, but maybe experience. it's maybe it's one of those things where if we went back in and did it again, it would be more enjoyable each time as you get. Yeah, I think you start the combination s- of the predictability of like what kinds of spawns you're getting, and the easier we, um, the more used to like taking out the acolytes and knights quickly. Um, I the do easier... know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll just feel like a flow state, sure. potentially, more than any other raid. And it feels like hmm. a coordinated dance, almost. Right. I do. I did notice that it definitely got easier as we got the timing of the crystals down better. Like, we started to realize, okay, it's going to switch. It's going to go in a clockwise position. We kind of got sort of used to the timing of it. And once each team from each area knew where those crystals were going to spawn. I think one other thing, maybe if they just got rid of that floaty crystal that you had to jump up and hit at the same time. Oh, yeah. Like, just... Why that one? Like every other one, it's like, yeah, you have to jump up on something to get it, but at least you don't have to like jump. Right. I was actually, I was actually going to bring that up, but it also, that comment fits in perfectly with what Fractious Heart's saying. I think maybe crystals can be shot at from afar, Um, Mm. but you still need a buff and non-buff, like the second encounter where you're just going through the crystal room, jumping to those like. Yeah, but you still, that, had, you still had teams that had to... There were ones that you could do from afar versus ones you couldn't, right? Right. So, but yeah. that's an interesting thing, but you're... Yeah, doing, I think... Yeah, oh, certainly, It would certainly kind of, add some relief to the multitasking and the... and the. I've got to be across my portion of the map in... in right. So, you know, it's we use the word frenetic because of that everything's so time sensitive in that raid i think that's what made it nerve-wracking for me was that time sensitivity i don't have 10 seconds i only have two or three seconds to get my buff and get back and help my teammate destroy this crystal that's nerve-wracking for me if you lose your buff (laughs) do you die i can't remember yes if it times down yes yes and you die does everyone die is it a no it's not a wipe no? it's not a wipe it's not okay. a wipe but it's a revive it throw everybody you, off. but it, it throws and everything yes off. Exactly. that was the other thing it was like the recovery of if something happened like one of us lost a buff we didn't and you needed to get another buff or it was hard to because there's such a rhythm for each team that if you had to switch things up because you had to either uh, run across to another group and revive someone because they didn't have a revive or um, you had to help get the buff. I don't know. It's, well, that's that's kind of true of almost all the raids, though. Like, yeah, if you remember Vault true. of Glass going into the, the past or the future, Mars or Venus or whatever, and, like, somebody missed an oracle, then that's a wipe. Yeah. And it was just like, there isn't really like a lot of 
saving like a, yeah. any a lot of like um coming back from that it feels like it always especially in raids it's really punishing if you mess up right vault of glass is coming back Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I am so, too. Um, I the am other too. thing, we, while we're still on this topic before we move on, um, the other thing that I did, in addition to Solstice, because we're going to tackle Solstice in a little bit, was um, I dipped my toe in comp. Competitive playlist? We talked about it a little bit. We talked about it last week that we were going to do it. And in right. fact, I did it because I felt like I needed glory. I'm trying to get the mountaintop, so I felt mm-hmm. I needed to do to do my Which glory. Which is the bane of pretty much everybody right now. Yeah. So I thought, well, I need to do glory, and I need to get all the grenade launcher kills. But um, so I went in and started doing it, and I went into the, uh, at Fractious Heart was. Uh, saying that the freelance, if you're going solo, is definitely the way to go. And I went in and certainly uh, had a great time, actually. Uh, It was a nice respite from connection-based, connection-only matchmaking. You felt like you could compete a little bit. Where I wasn't at the bottom of the table. I felt like I was in in a room with people of similar skill level. And the I games were the close point, right? and fun and engaging. And I was learning the maps and I was Until... uh, learning my weapon. And then I, I ranked up. And man, it changed. It changed pretty pretty big time. And then I was back at the bottom again. And um, I was getting well, the least kills the out of the six players. Or I was playing survival, I think. So I was getting hmm, the least amount of kills I did again. Momentum control most of the time. But you know what? Just... I felt that if I stuck with it at that rank, um, I could I could probably you know loosen up and start learning the maps and get getting a little better. So I like this idea of of ranked play overall. I felt like it was better. I had a better, more fun, and I learned more in a ranked playlist than I did right. in I, connection I think, only. Yeah, I, I think where um, my apprehension is based on what your experience is. Like the way a competitive ranked um, list goes is uh, the idea is that you just incrementally get just a little bit better. You'll go up and rank to a little bit. And Bungie has it set up that there's a floor for each rank up to i think 2100 which is glory i don't have that exactly i don't have that glory you mean you mean heroic uh i wish that they didn't name the tiers they should have just yeah i know whatever 2100 is because 2100 is once you get to 2100 there's no longer a floor between levels. So you can go up, but then you can go down because that's the way the ranked is. You can go up or you can go down. I like down, it. But, I, I kind of like that. Till, but up to, and I like that too because that would keep me in my zone, right? It would keep me in my lane and I would never go up into a group where I would go against players that I couldn't compete against, which is what's happening in like the more... Uh, 
the non-competitive playlist. And, and you know but, what, Sally, Sally Bug, um, shout out to Cool Guy. Remember that video we watched? He talked about connection-based versus uh, skill-based matchmaking. Uh, highly recommend that cool guy and we'll link to him uh in the the description but um shout out to him because he's he's a top tier player he's definitely in that um upper echelon of players uh Mm -hmm. but he is talking about they really need a way to protect those players that are new to PvP players that are coming in or and are new to the game. Skilled. Yeah, or if you don't know the maps very well, you're new to the game or you're lower skilled. Um I think he said he what feels the bottom like t- the, either the bottom 10 or 20%, I forget. I think it might have been 10%. But, right. Uh anyway, that just that very but like the, a way to protect those and he didn't give a uh I don't think he gave a suggestion on how to except that they had no he had no business being and he yeah and he was actually showing footage and we've all been here i mean even at my low skill level i've been i know like a player who just doesn't know the map and you've we've all had that kill where they were looking around not knowing where you were or where they were and it's just not fun. It's not a good feeling. And he was talking about that. He was like, you know, I don't, I don't want those people. In, and so he was talking about, and a lot of people are coming out and saying there's got to be like a hybrid or a mixed way of doing, doing this so that it's not all because you you do need good connections for the game to be enjoyable. You also don't want every game for skilled players to be a what, what did he say like a code red Mountain Dew tournament, right? Right. So, so yeah, both ends you have to protect protect either end of the spectrum the the low skilled players and the super highly skilled players. You've got to protect both of those those right. groups in a way, and but you know there's got to be like a middle ground instead of just all one way or all the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What what do you what are but your thoughts on that green stego as far as matchmaking at this point? My thoughts are um I am happy and not surprised that you had a better play experience in skill-based matchmaking in freestyle glory. Yes. Freestyle playlist. survival, sure. Um I don't know how long ago the um, change was set by Bungie where control and um, the majority of matches would be uh, connection-based. But it does kind of raise a point where um, players like us, we just didn't really know. It wasn't really obvious that... Like, if you don't want to play with top-tier players, then go into the competitive. Right. Where, right. Whereas casual players, we may, I mean, I have historically shied away from the glory uh, right. they competitive. Kind, they kind principle. of turn the tables somewhere along the line. and right. but, but everybody's, you know, the com- you hear the word competitive and you think, oh, that's going to be a sweat fest, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there. It's going to be a, a shit show. 
but it's just it's kind of the opposite now. Yeah. You want the sweat fest, you have a better chance of getting it in just the general control playlist, right? The quick play. It, so yeah, where everybody's playing lane, together. Right. right, right. Where it's just connection based um, and it's it's random who you get, you know. And of course we talked about last week we talked about Iron Banner. I was thinking they should they should change it to uh Mercy. Instead of calling it Iron Banner, it could be Mercy. Yeah, let's play some Mercy. Because one team it seemed like over half the games, if they weren't mercy, they were, you know, certainly lopsided scores because you have that one person getting getting the 43 kills and everybody else is getting 18, 19, 20. And then, of course, I mean, I'm yeah. getting five. <laughs> the, the other, you know, the other thing about it is uh, um, I wish there were uh, other game modes like momentum control was like fun to a certain extent, but, and you know, and for someone who doesn't use radar as much as I should, it actually became pretty annoying, especially because, um, I don't do, I don't do crucible enough to have like full map knowledge. And so like people are just sneaking up on me and killing me a lot. And, uh, so that I, I wish there were more options. Like I do like just a game of control, but just a regular game of control isn't available in the competitive playlist. Like that a lot of the competitive playlists are designed around these kind of like sweaty competitive like elimination and things like that and those are game modes that i don't necessarily like so i wish there was like a little bit of a blend can we have like why do there have to be certain game modes in each list do you understand what i'm saying here mm -hmm. do you like like can i can i have skill-based matchmaking or and there's whatever they want to call it on or in a ranked playlist, but have other game modes that are more casual and fun. I don't know. I don't know how to blend the two of them, but anyway, that's my thought. I just, that's I also, all. I didn't, I didn't do, um, I didn't do that much. I think I might have played like four games, maybe a little more. Um, so I haven't done it enough to really have a full take on it. But um, I was like you, Stego. I kind of stayed away from it. And some of it is because, wow, competitive. I don't want to compete at all. But it's kind of the opposite of competing. But I mm -hmm. am worried about that. Like, and I understand the need for floors because they have a lot of these weapons that require these pinnacle weapons, like mountaintop that you're talking about, Neil. I'm trying to go after Randy's throwing knife. Yeah. Um, Were you require... able to get scout rifle kills in momentum? Sorry to interrupt. I already had this. I already had the scout rifle kills because those didn't require being in the competitive playlist. There mm -hmm. were like, there's like three requirements and it was like two based on scout rifles and one based on just your glory ranking. 
And um, I had already done the scout rifle kill, so I really just need the glory ranking. That's all. I already had mm -hmm. the scout rifle kills done, so I didn't need to get. I didn't go in with a scout rifle. I forget what I went in with. Yeah. Uh, probably gnawing hunger. And uh, yeah. I remember so, um, high-impact scouts one-shotting people in momentum. And so I was going to recommend that for Randy's. But... I, I mean, I, I don't think I don't... I'm not sure that's part of the meta anymore, but I I don't know for sure. But at any, way, any rate, I am hoping that uh, there is an answer. I don't think there ever is going to be like a full... No. This has like been There's something no silver that's bullet existed for this. since... Um, since D one Crucible came out, yeah, since Destiny it's a um, came out. It's been it's a, a pros and cons this, thing, right? You know, and it's a balance. It's there's so many things. I do want to say that I think is. that the the number of modes and playlists are is too, way too much right now. When you go to the the Crucible directory, there's just too the many director. Yeah, yeah that when you go to the yeah. director. Uh, there's just too many choices. Uh, I, you only I, need two my, or three, maybe a rotating my memory, one. And... My memory of D1 in Crucible was that they, um, you went into a playlist and it rotated. I think we talked a little bit about this last time. It's like sometimes it would be Control, sometimes it would be Rift, sometimes it would be uh, Supremacy. And you would just, it would be random, right? Mm hmm And I kind of like that idea. Um, and I think that that you could get that if you went into the classic mix. Is that right? There's yeah. like a, it, it, but that classic mix is not skill-based matchmaking. Correct. So, um... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little worried about going up in level, hitting the floor, getting into like that next tier. And then again, you have to do, okay, now I have to get better enough to get to the next level. And well, um, keep in mind, they it, give you, you know, the three game like, boost every reset too, Sally. So. And it's also, it's also just, yeah, just chip away at it that way. Yeah. Play my three it's games, so let it go up. It's Play so my doable. three games, yeah. let it go up. Um, I don't know, uh, because part of it is maybe I just need to accept I need to just stay in my lane, and I don't like PvP that much, and yeah, there's some weapons that are, are designed around... Um, I just wish there weren't weapons that were really really good in pve that you can only get through playing mm, pve that's been that argument's been going on for a long right? time yeah. like it's just like if this is gonna it's one thing for it to be oh this is a great pvp weapon it's designed to be a pvp weapon and designed to be great but you know a lot of the PVE meta weapons, not all of them, but a lot of them, and Mountaintop and Recluse come to mind, uh, are like almost 
like top tier meta weapons in PVE. Yet I, the only way I to get it, them, right? The only way to get them is to play PVP. So I just in my I mean, mind, I I've already know. resolved that this is a foregone conclusion. It's it's not you're not going to change the core mission and original design of this game, which was to blend the two worlds to have mm-hmm. a continuous experience going from a PVP environment to a PVE environment. And also, I mean, they've gone as far as to even blend the two into a mode or, right. you know, their best attempt, which is Gambit. So you have a little bit of yeah. both going on at the same time. And they want that, the the whole idea of this game, and no other game does it, pretty much uh, is to blend those two worlds. So you're in the same universe doing both things. And that requires you to be able to take in the same weapon into both modes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. My, my idea behind it, my, my, I don't even want to say my frustration because it's not really frustrating, but my take on it is I do I do kind of just accept, okay, Mountaintop and Recluse are just really not in my reach, and that's okay. Um, or I just need to make the decision whether or not I really want to go through the grind to get it. Um, but that being said, I, I still do wish that there wasn't so much direction and that I don't know. I, I kind of accept that I don't have mountaintop, but then it's a little frustrating that I don't, um, I don't know that I don't have another, I don't have an alternative, right? Mm. I don't like, it's one thing to say, okay, well, this is a PVP pinnacle weapon and you have to, um, do the things that you need to do to get this pinnacle weapon in PVP. But, it ends up being like this. But it's top a very, it's a very unique weapon, right? And and then it's just top. It ends up being a top tier PVE weapon. Well, it's like I'd rather like go to Zavala and grind things with Zavala, or maybe the gunsmith, or I don't know any another NPC that has me do a similar type of grinding and maybe hard stuff like, you know, get grenade, you know, grenade launcher kills and nightfall the ordeal on, you know, uh, a higher level difficulty, you know, make it a PVE challenge that is more um, accessible to me or more accessible to your uh, PVE player. Yeah. That's my idea. Well, I would say, and I don't know if we're trying to get away from this topic now um, and go to our coffee break, but um, I do want to say that, in my opinion, I think that Recluse and Mountaintop are outliers, and they probably are, like, um, I don't know if Bungie would outright say that the design of those weapons was fun, but also kind of a mistake. Mm-hmm. And if those two weapons were like the driving force behind arriving at sunset, sunsetting, I was thinking the same thing. Right? Yeah. 
because there's a, a there's been a ton of pinnacle weapons there's been a ton of ritual weapons and yeah wendigo is powerful and 21 percent delirium are powerful but they're supposed to be they're power weapons mm-hmm. um but we don't talk about um they're power weapons but they're not like overly they're not like over the top like it's a pinnacle and it took a while to get it but it's not like there are other weapons that can compete that you can pull in and do and use I'd say Wendigo like still one of your options. Yeah, Wendigo's still got to be like a top tier legendary. Um, it is. Boss melter. I mean, right. They're almost like um, exotic level damage. But you yeah, know? that's exactly it. Because Mountaintop is like a special ammo rocket launcher. It pretty much um, is. Right. It's insane. Yeah, um, which it, makes it feel like an exotic weapon. Which is why do they sometimes design legendaries that feel like exotics? And I think right. they're, they want they realize that, like you said, that's my feeling, and and they're moving away from that with the sunsetting. And uh, we had a really long conversation last night with Funny Bone, one of our Patreon members, and he was <laughs> saying <laughs> he was saying um, how exotics really do need to be exotic, and you should make them extremely rare. Uh, we were talking about percentage drops. Of course, I like the idea of a progressive RNG where maybe the first time you run, you get 1% chance. The next time you run the raid, you get a 2%, and it goes up. So you eventually, at least psychologically, have that incentive knowing that you have a slightly better chance each time you run the activity. He did, he, he did not like that. He wanted to keep exotics truly exotic so that very few people have them but then Mm -hmm. he started talking about uh diversity in the ecosystem that there would be a lot of these super rare exotics so that like uh you might have the um exotic you know sniper rifle that's op and i might have that exotic uh you know hand cannon and and mm-hmm. we each have different things, so we each play different roles when we're when we team up to go into a strike or to go into a raid or something like that. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. I am going to call coffee break. Uh, yes. Sally Bug Two. I will. I am happy to get us some refills here. Uh, the thing about coffee is it wakes you up, but it also tastes good. And uh, we at the Paracasual Destiny podcast enjoy our coffee. So uh, I am going to get us some coffee refills. And I, and I was wondering if uh, you guys would be so kind as to introduce our next topic, which is uh, Solstice of Heroes 2020. Uh, could you do that for sure. me? Sure. Thanks, Sally. If you would, I would, no problem. All right. I'll be right back. Um, okay. So, Stego, have you done any of the Solstice? I have not. Heroes? I haven't played since we completed Crown of Sorrows. Wow. See? You got burned out on it. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, so, we, uh, Soul Time and I, uh, definitely have uh, started the grind. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about it and uh, I, it's almost like it's just something to do in the background but it's 
it's an armor chase. Mm-hmm. Is all it is for the most part. All Solstice of Heroes is is a a chase for this magnificent slash majestic set of armor, depending on how far you want to go with the chase and how much you want to do. And sometimes it's kind of fun to have a focus when you hop on. And I think that that's kind of their ideas. Like, okay, if you've done everything else. Sorry, I, I cut out. Hello? I thought that I was the one who got dropped, but I think maybe uh-huh. Sally Bug got S- dropped. Green Stego, can you hear me? I can hear you, Sewell Time. Okay. Earlier, I, I got dropped. I had to leave and come back. Okay, so our Discord's acting up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But here's here's my take on um, on Solstice. Right. Sally Bug's audio is still not Hello? working. There, there she is. is. She's back. You. I'm here. Okay. We lost okay. you for a minute. So, so at any rate, what I was going to say is, yes, it's a, um, it's an armor grind for the most part. Yes, it, it, I get it. If you've done everything else, it gives you something to do and gives you a focus. If you like working on a, on a checklist and if you don't, you don't have to do it, right? It's not, it's not like it's something that you go out, but it's mostly armor chase unless you want to, uh, um, maybe a little bit of bright dust. Um, and fractious heart said it also has the EAZ. Um, and I was just getting ready to say, uh, EAZ, we are going to, we actually have that as like a little separate. We wanted to talk about that like separately. Um, because we have our own thoughts on the EAZ as almost like a whole separate activity since it's a a very separate, unique activity. And I know it's part of Solstice of Heroes, but a lot of the grind is outside of the EAZ, so we were going to focus on that first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my thought about it was, yeah, do I want to get it just for the sake of getting it? Um, do I want get to the, get the armor up to the... Uh, up to magnificent, but not worry about doing that top tier stuff to get the white glow. Um, it's all. She's at a loss of words. I, I, I don't know whether or not, I mean, for me, because the way I kind of accepted that the armor chase wasn't something that I really was, excited or wanted to do i have a couple i have a couple of full sets of armor that i really like i like the look of um and they're high enough stat levels to um get me through to do the things i want to do i've master worked my raid gear from um garden master worked it yeah, how'd you get all those ascendant shards? I know. Seriously, I had enough of the. Um, I I had enough. Where'd of you get them the though? Exile. I I had enough cores to just turn them in from the gun Holy to get them cow. from the gunsmith. But it wow. deleted. It's right? the Sally it, Bug it grind. Me. 
It deleted you? No wonder you're feeling burnt out. It depleted me. It depleted me. Emotionally of, of or? Cores. No, just of, of, <laughs> of the cores in my vault. <laughs> and the thing is, is that, and it's like you were saying, uh, Stego, it's like, wow, you've masterworked that. How'd you get all the materials? And those materials aren't easily available to me because I don't do the top end. We, we don't do the, mm-hmm. you know, I do grind for, I try to do the gunsmith activities every day, but I don't do them on all three characters, I usually only do them on one character, and that is not every single day. I don't have yeah. to get on every. No, for me, day, I look right? at I look at masterworked I, armor as like a really big flex because as a yeah casual player who really only dips in like maybe a couple times a week, maybe mm-hmm. skips a week, um, my armor energy I cap it at seven. Because that's the stuff that takes legendary shards and glimmer right, to get up, up to, until, and maybe like a yeah. couple enhancement cores. But it doesn't use any enhancement prisms, and it doesn't use any, and it doesn't use the masterwork, the enhancement. Right. And and you can shard. You can compete for the most part with those. I I kind of do yeah. that with a lot of the pieces of gear. Um, I don't know. It's and we talked a lot about armor in previous podcasts. So if you want to kind of know our my opinion anyway, or our opinion on it, you can go to previously recorded podcasts. Um, but uh, because the armor grind is like one of those things that I I feel like. Um, it's not something I'm interested in doing, and that's what a lot of the the kind of like high end of Solstice of Heroes is. Is that once you've gotten open, gotten to the majestic set, you can actually grind out top tier, top, uh, you know, high stat high stat roll gear from from the Solstice of Heroes packages, right? That that once you've gotten to magnificent you'll get um, different stat rolls. Now, that's just like regular legendary, right? Not glowy legendary? No, the I magnific- can't I remember the yeah, difference the between Magnificent, magnificent and Majestic. You, you can get the Magnificent set and not have the glow on it. That's okay. my understanding. Yeah. Like it, once you you have the you get the um you get the blue set and you do the Renowned. blue things and that's yep. really accessible for pretty much even the very casual player like you, uh, Stego is that you just you have the blue set you do the things that you need to do and that gives you the um majestic set is that right now I'm getting now yeah I'm getting no that's right. It, it gives you the majestic. Yeah, Bungie set. confused and then you us. Could just stop there. It's it's nice looking as it is. You could just stop there. I don't. I'm pretty sure you can put the glows on it. Even at that point, the ones that you can buy. Yes. And so you could okay. just stop there and just say, "Okay, I'm done with this. I, I you know, I've done what I want to do." Or you could take it another step further and really grind out because there's a lot more activities that you need to do and really start doing the the armor grind and uh, get it to Magnificent. And I don't know what it looks like at Magnificent. I haven't like quite um, put into it, but... Uh, but that's the white glow, right? No, so basically... So, <laughs> no, no, see... Once you have the majestic set, 
you have a whole list of it. Like each armor piece has like two, three or four things that you need to do to get that one completely done. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. I forget what they they are. Neil, maybe uh, Sultan, maybe you could put up uh, the checklist. Oh yeah, yeah. This put the... up a checklist just so you can see like all the sure. different things that you have to sure. do. And so once you've done all of the things that you need to do for that full majestic set, say you you decided you're going to do it and you grind it all out and you've done you've gotten all your orbs, you've opened up your EAZ packages, you've uh, played your gambit games, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you do all of it, that gives you the majestic set without the glow. Just mm -hmm. um, it gives you. But once you have that full majestic set completely done, you can meditate at the statue and get a magnificent set that does not have a glow, but is still magnificent. Are you following me? I follow you. Once you have that full magnificent set, then you can chase that high end um, white glow by doing that one high-end activity for each piece of the gear to get white glow on it. That's where the seven trials matches come into play. Mm -hmm. But you have to have the full set of Magnificent gear first before you can... And having the full set of Magnificent gear unlocks the ability to purchase the universal ornaments from Eververse that have um, the subclass glows. I thought that you could get the um, glows prior to that, but maybe yes, you have. Maybe you have to like have your majestic set fully leveled up into magnificent first. I don't know. Well, I a, don't know why it's so complicated, and I can't get it. But even when, I can't keep. I can't keep magnificent and majestic straight. Yeah, and um, they neither could they, Bungie, um, evidently. <laughs> right, <laughs> early and on, they even put in the TWAB this week. They put in the this week at Bungie uh, a clarification that was almost as complicated and confusing <laughs> as it was originally. So it it was it's definitely a um, a system that is hard to explain. I think I had my head around it, but it's. They needed to come up with minimally two different names for the the three tiers that are very different from each other. Magnificent and majestic are way too close. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it, the blue is renewed, and then you have uh, majestic is your first legendary, and then you do stuff on each of those armor pieces to get to magnificent. And okay. so I think once you get your majestic, once you get to the majestic, which is the first legendary set, <clears throat> mm -hmm. first of the two, um, I think you, then the glows open up for you, right? In Eververse, yeah. is that right? According to yeah, according I to the TWAB, earning the majestic legendary set will unlock the option to purchase a universal ornament set mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. Eververse right. for either silver or bright dust. Sure. So... So what I was saying, uh, Stego, is once you've just done what, and you can see on this list, if you can see it on that screen there, uh, all the things that you can do, 
all the things you need to do to get to Majestic. Once you get to Majestic, you can get the glows on there. You don't have to get that Majestic set up to Magnificent to put on the glows. You could just stop there. Yeah. If you, It's like, well, that's way too much of a grind. I don't have enough time to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, you could just... And like I said, the Majestic gear is pretty nice looking so um you could just stop there and and um you can't do the stat grind like we were talking about before uh like you can with the seasonal armor right right, uh, like like you i think you have to unlock the magnificent in order to start getting armor pieces to drop at higher stat levels. Mm. That's my understanding. Well, I, that might have to be verified. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't opened any packages since I've gotten the Majestic, so and I wouldn't before, know. Before we like run completely out of time, I think we should switch gears and talk a little bit. Oh, and so the other thing about Solstice before we get into the EAZ specifically as an activity is... Um, how I, I feel like most of Solstice, besides the EAZ activity in its own, you know, as just something else to do, um, that maybe is fun or not fun. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> depending on your opinion. Um, but it's mostly an armor grind, right? It's mostly an armor chase. Well, at its, at its core... A- or a, um, and then you could buy some ornamental stuff. Yeah, from it's an the it's an ornament chase as well. It's it's a cosmetic chase, but if you want cosmetics with good rolls, then it's a grind for that. And the state of armor, the way it is now, and the way um, stats are, it's a whole other discussion. Stats and um, mods for armor, armor two The way the state of that is right now, and the cost to masterwork armor and the cost to change affinities on a piece of armor that you like uh, is it, it for me personally it discourages me from chasing any armor other than like maybe a raid set or something for you know um, I just I don't have the time or the economy to do that um, let's transition, um, take another sip of coffee, and uh, I'd like to hear what Green Stego is drinking this morning, and uh, then we can kind of wrap up, maybe talk a little bit. Well, I know his Fractious Heart seems to be excited about the EAZ activity. Mm-hmm. We can talk a little bit about that before we wrap up this episode. Um, Green Stego, what kind of coffee are you having today? I'm drinking an iced coffee. This is from the pot of coffee that I brewed yesterday. Oh, okay. And let it chill in the fridge. And um, this is my second cup because I spilled my first one all over the floor this morning. Oh, that's that a, tragedy. a tragedy. That is tragic. Um, Tell us what kind of coffee do you, what's your, what's your go-to coffee that you brew? Like, what do you buy? I buy, depending on whether I go to HEB or somewhere else, Uh I will get Mm -hmm. um, 
I'll get Starbucks brand espresso roast um, mm-hmm. if that's on sale, which mm. sometimes it's like buy three for $5 each or something. Oh, nice. Right, um, right. Very good. And that's a nice deal. Yeah. Um, and yeah. other than that, I will get the store brand from HEB, which is branded as Cafe Olay, also okay. espresso okay. roast. Oh, so and you like so the you're, dark roast. you're a fan of like the darker roast, that nice rich flavor uh, dark yes yeah. yes yes flavor. and that makes a really um, good iced coffee i, I bet. like the darker mm. roast because uh the um you can drink more of it it's a little less caffeinated so mm-hmm. you can just this is true savor savor the the taste of it and get it and i feel like it brings out that flavor i just really like that kind of like chocolatey Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah the, just really like the darker roast as well it's why I like Sumatra so much so. this week's coffee talk has been brought to you by the Paracasual Destiny podcast tune in next week for more talk about coffee <laughs> well thanks for sharing that how about that EAZ how about the so, EAZ is it different from last year Sego hasn't done it yet not really very it's about the same. It's about the same. I think they've uh, added some chest locations. That's my understanding. They've added some different chest locations. But um, the the environment, as far as I know, is identical. It's identical, um, yes. Um, I okay. have done it maybe well how many however many times I Not needed many. to do it to get the to get the packages up like maybe three three or times. Four times I would say three or four times you've done it three yeah. or four times so yeah. far I have I've been very frustrated um there's jumping a lot of challenged jumping. there's a lot of jumping in order to get from point A to point B um, but it's also, but you're also on a timer. So then again, that whole time timing thing that we talked about with crown of sorrow, you've got that piece of, I need to get to that boss and I don't know how to get to it. And I see the diamond and I'm run. I feel like I'm running around with a chicken with my head cut off most of the time, trying to figure out how to get to the bosses and then once I get to the bosses, those fights are pretty fun. It's just the whole timing thing. I I don't like timed materials. I mean, I, I don't like activities, timed activities. Um, they frustrate me because my learning curve is very slow for those. So learning where to go to get to the bosses, what route I have to, and then after you've gotten all the bosses and then you get to the big boss and do those fights. And those are in this kind of the central area, Mm -hmm. um, which is fine. And I like those fights. I especially like the servitor that breaks off into little servitors and breaks off into little servitors. servitors It's like baby Yoda in a way. I I love that mechanic because it's different, right? It's different and new. So I like those fights and all. And then you get to the packages where you get that you open up and they say, okay, flip. Here are like 10 um, treasure chests go out and find them but then they take it away so you don't have a waypoint you have to kind of memorize know where they are 
and uh, you have like a very short amount of time to get to them. And even with a map, I struggle. I, again, I feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to find. Re- keep in mind, folks, she's only done it three or them. four times. I did it last year and I, for, I had this memory of liking it, but having that same level of frustration. So maybe it's just as I do it more that I will memorize it. But this was the same. We talked about this whole time. The same reason why I was frustrated with Whisper of the Worm when it first came out and frustrated with Zero Hour. I still have yet to complete Zero Hour. I have the um, I have the gun thanks to uh, clan members who are willing to carry me. Shout out to Death Knight and Ghost for helping us with that. <laughs> but I've yet to be able to complete the jumping um, because it's timed out. So I never have that opportunity to learn it because I'm jumping challenged and because it's timed. Um, and... I am. I had that same frustration with the EAZ. Is there's a lot of jumping and needing to get from point A to point B, um, and I don't. And because of the time piece, I don't have the amount of time I need personally to learn it. So I feel like I'm never gonna fully perfect it. I would um, I would be curious if you did it 20 more times I'd be curious what your take would be on it cuz I it's map knowledge know. is what it is. Well yeah and it's also like the the ways that they've decided to gamify this this mode this this arena they've they've gamified right. it in this like where you have to platform and you have to memorize the map and they want to right reward players who are skilled with the platforming elements of the game and mm-hmm. with the map awareness and map knowledge, map familiarity, and they want to find a way to reward those players because those are the, I mean, and those players should feel like they're being rewarded. Right. But um, I hear what you're saying where you're, you gave a really good um, explanation of what the EAZ is and the whole time you were describing it, you were just slightly annoyed. Yeah. And, and I'm hope I have two thoughts on it is like one, just always go in with a fire team and say, Hey, look, if you just give me that central area where I will always like, just make sure that I always run around that on the ground around the central arena and get the, um, and get the chests that are around that arena and the bosses that are on the ground, like learn very specific ways to get to it and say, I'm going to just stay again, stay in my lane and do those particular things rather than, frustrating myself and trying to get to um all of the different areas and and i think that i think a lot of uh uh, i think a lot of people recommend splitting up anyway right you go to the left we all go straight ahead you go to the right and i'll get as many bosses as i can on this side you get many bosses as you can on that side um 
So I think it was designed to have a three person, each person take a different run at the right. end. And it they was designed do, but, that but way. You know, they do matchmaking, which makes it a little difficult because if you're not talking with the people that you're randomly matched with, yeah, you can't do that. You're going to run into them. Um, so I think you have the most fun and my memory of it last year is I had the most fun when we went in as As a a fire fire team team of three with our, with our clan mates and say, okay, let's, let's just do it. And, um, and then I had a very specific role. And so I think if I had that very specific role that I knew I could pull off and contribute with my team, Mm -hmm. um, I do like I like the elemental burn thing, like the elemental burn of the day, and where you get like those bonuses because it gets you out of your comfort zone, right? Makes you, um, it gets me uh, to not be top tree uh, void um, all the time, um, right? Night stalker that it, it way of the truth that. seeker. Yeah, so has me do solar or um, arc, and I do those on occasion. But it's nice to like push me out of that level and say, "Hey, you know, see if you can fight a boss without tethering them first, and and what are you going to do with your golden gun or blade well, barrage?" Or in, in, in chat, the funny bone reminds us that the E A Z is not easy. Get it? <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway. And on that note, um, let's wrap this up, Sally Bug. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Uh, by As far as environments go, um, it's a beautiful environment. It really I is. Like some of the boss mechanics. I think um, you're, not you're, too happy you're a minority. Some of the bosses um, jump jump around. I think most um, people really enjoy this activity, and uh, from from what I've seen in the Twitterverse and and so on and so forth, uh, a lot my, of people really enjoy one, this. My one take on the EAZ is that I were I wish there were more avenues to push people into playing it just for the sake of playing it. Um, I know Ava Levante's bounties do that. Like all of her bounties are usually, most of her bounties are usually related to going into the EAZ and using a particular subclass on that day. And, and that is supposed to give you bright dust. Um, I don't think it's doing it right now, but Bungie's trying to fix that. So maybe that's once that gets fixed and you start getting bright dust, then that would get people to, um, go in but then once you've gotten Ava Levante's bounties done um I don't and I don't know how like I don't know how they could do it but I just wish there were more incentives to get people to go in and do it um either a gun chase you know like or um, I think last year there might have been a sparrow. Like the all the other items outside of the armor are available through are only available through Eververse, and I just wish there was more to going in and doing the EAZ and opening it. Like maybe if you opened up a hundred packages or whatever, that you would get something else. Whether it be a gun or a sparrow or a ship or, um, 
you know, yeah, something a lot of else. people are clamoring. They sh- saying they should have put a gun in there, like the, you know, the, the Braytech werewolf, for for the haunted forest, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that was just, I just wish that the um, I just wish the EAZ I just uh, Fractious Heart said it's supposed to be a free little summer event. Give them a break. I, I do. I just wish that it. They put a lot of time into making this EAZ. I wish they had put more incentive in the game to get people to go and do it because they designed this, this activity and, um, the well, haunted what do you get from the, a lot of fun. So, um, what do you get from opening a solstice package? Um, if you open up a certain number of solstice packages, it, it upgrades your armor. Like you have to, uh, open up a certain number of packages to, but when you open um, up a package, what's in it? Up until the point where you unlock the armor, you get just, um, I think your typical blues, you get some blue stuff that, that you just dismantle and maybe some glimmer or something. I don't know. Mm. Uh, you might get some keys because yeah. there's there's the packages and then yeah. you need a certain number of keys to open the packages. So I think they give you like a few keys and some like blue stuff, blue weapons or blue think, armor. I don't think that I don't know if at ten fifty you need keys to open up the packages. There's keys in the chests, but in the packages themselves, I don't know if they're keys or might be. But it's mostly just random blue stuff. And yeah. then once you've I wish, gotten, I wish that it was a... like a sparkler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a sparkler emote would be cool. I, I, or maybe even just like a. Mm, I like that idea. Maybe the opportunity, like if you open up a certain number of packages, like you could just the possibility of just getting like fifty bright dust, like just it, it it's an it's an opportunity, right? Because that would get yeah. people to go out and get more packages because it's like oh i really want that ship but mm. i need more bright dust i'll go in and grind out for some packages so i mean again i'm just i'm trying to think in my head um what are some ways if you're not about the armor chase what are other ways you could direct um people into into the activity yeah, we were talking so. about the, you know, I, it, when you get burnt out on the game, when you play the game enough, especially if you're like a career player, it's all about what do I get out of this other than enjoyment of playing the game, right? Versus yeah. like this, just being in that environment and and um, playing an objective and enjoying that part of it. It's uh, versus that being homework or a chore to get to a holy grail, to get right. to an end reward, a loot. And I understand that it is a loot-based game. It's a looter shooter, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think as casual players, we never lose sight of that, just being in that environment and, and spending time uh, playing the actual gameplay itself is worthwhile, worth worth yeah. worth the hour off from real life stuff, right? Exactly. I think um, right. I think if you're if you're asking Bungie, what are you doing to bribe me into playing 
your game for fun. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, there's those two, two goals work against each other. It's maybe it's, I always say, maybe it's time to take a break and play a different video game. If you're, if you're that hung up over the, what, what your reward is. I mean, I'm not to say that there should not be rewards in the game. I mean, you need it. You have, it's something that you need with the game. But if that becomes all it's that's all it's about, then it's time for a break. It's time to mm-hmm. right. You're burnt out at that point. I still haven't played Solstice, but I am looking forward to showing up to the Destiny Summer Carnival event and <laughs> playing the games and spending some money and getting the fun costume. Well, just to, I mean, just decide whether or not you want to. Yeah. How much of the grind do I want to do? Want to do? I I feel like like I said the um, getting going from the blue to that first legendary set is quite accessible even for the casual player. And this mm-hmm. is the para casual Destiny podcast. It is definitely, and you don't have to go beyond that because uh, I I like that. I like or your exactly. Or your, I like that too because I like then that. You dipped your toe in it. You um, you did the you activities. Spent some time with it. You got you got a piece, You got a full set of armor. You got some and, quality one on one with Ava Levante. And you could and you could buy the ornaments if you if you want the glowy ornaments. Um, mm-hmm. Once you've done that, and so and that's all you needed to do. So I I feel like it absolutely is accessible for the casual player, which is nice. Um, and you don't have to go beyond. You don't have to do that upper echelon of now. Am I going to try? Probably, um, because why not? I'm still in I, at least for a little bit. I I'm going out of town next week. So, um. oh, by the way, I got it. I got it. How to tell the 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 two apart? The oh. majestic majestic is just legendary but the magnificent has the glow what gl- yeah, which that's... glow which glow yeah, the color like, glow you get the white glow on the majestic <laughs> so that's the no, only that's difference a, is that the magnificent you can get the white glow yeah. on it if you do the the yeah. end game stuff okay upgrading the majestic to the magnificent is what gives it that white glow no. No. That's wrong. No. Then what is the <laughs> the mag- the majestic is a full set of legendary gear. Mm-hmm. If you do all of the things that you uh like they're the ta- the if you upgrade it, if you upgrade it. If you it. upgrade that whole thing, you can meditate and turn that majestic set into a magnificent set. If you get that magnificent set, that unlocks the ability to get the glow. To level it up one last time oh for the, God, for the mind. white never glow. Mind. Yeah, it's convoluted, isn't it? No, then I don't understand the difference between majestic and magnificent. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But it's still the But you can put confusing. the you can put the purchased yeah. colored glows on the majestic, I believe, right? That's what I'm gonna do, but I don't understand why you have to upgrade the majestic to magnificent and then once it's magnificent you un 
you do a further yep there's there's further yeah, end game tasks where you do the high the end. high end oh, stuff yeah. like you the seven trials oh, trials okay. wins okay. for the boots see my my thought was once you upgrade it from majestic to magnificent the magnificent has the white glow but i think since you it's, can go for magnificent steps. gear whenever, right? Not solstice only. I'm thinking for the magnificent to get from the majestic to magnificent, you have to do it during the solstice. Yes. But once you have the magnificent gear to get those white glows, you can do all for forever. You get that that you. You, you need to upgrade your armor to Magnificent during Solstice of Heroes. Cor- right. Correct. Exactly. But you don't have to do the white glow tasks during Solstice. You can do that anytime. But she says, uh, Fractious Heart says you can go for Magnificent gear whenever, not Solstice only. And that's not true. You have to get the Magnificent gear while during Solstice. It's just you can go for the white glow for the Magnificent gear after Solstice is over. I yeah. think with that, we're going to wrap it up. Sally Bug and Green Stego. That sounds um, good. Well, yeah, hopefully, that does. Uh, we'll have spent a little more time doing EAZ, see if I um, improve at all and enjoy the experience a little more. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to some. Well, at this point, I'd like destiny. to. Th- thank everyone for tuning in especially a shout out to uh, the funny bone and uh, fractious heart for helping us out in chat and uh, this has been episode 5 of the paracasual destiny podcast Um, goodbye everyone talk to you next week bye